0: Welcome to Room 4216. I'm so glad you've come.
1: Hi, Pastor Dave. Hi, Cecilia. I have something for you.
2: You do? Yes. A present for me? Well, you get to borrow Uh, it. Oh, okay. I get to borrow Mm -hmm. something? This beautiful hard drive. Ew.
1: Now, What's up your sleeve? Oh, another surprise. So, so do you remember when we were studying Ruth? Uh huh. And ha- that wonderful story that we heard.
2: Uh, story outies. Yes. Uh huh.
1: Well, I found another one. Okay. So, put in your the the drive and press enter.
0: Our story begins in Great Britain with two lovely sisters. The first named Margaret. Uh, Call me Meg, please. Okay, Meg. And the other named Virginia. Actually, it's Jenny. uh, Jenny. Can you say Jenny? Jenny. Oh, good. You know, you seem to
1: have a problem with names, Mr. Narrator. Well, Was it something in your childhood, perhaps your, your parents or grandparents or, you know...
0: I'll be seeing my psychiatrist later this week. Who will take care of all oh, of that for good. you.
1: good. How delightful.
0: These two young, beautiful sisters were called into their dying mother's bedside.
1: Now, I want you two sisters... To always get along with one another, and whatever you do, never hurt or take revenge on one another.
0: And with those words, she reached out her hand with a brooch.
1: I have here a brooch, and, and, Meg, I want you to have it.
0: And with those words, she died. Goodbye. But Jenny, being a little bit jealous, wanted the brooch instead of letting Mom leave it to her sister. And so quickly she thought of a scheme and said, Meg, Meg, look, look, Mother's still breathing. And as Meg leaned down to see if Mother was still breathing, Jenny snatched the brooch from her hand, (coughs) ran out, and ran away, never to be seen for ages by her sister. So long, farewell. Before very long, both of the sisters crossed the ocean to America to make it big. Meg made it to Cincinnati?
1: Yes, but it's Margaret now. Uh,
0: Margaret?
1: I made it big. Oh. I changed my name back to Margaret. I saw potential for future gain, so I invested my time, my considerable talent, and what little wealth I had, in... Children's diversionary items. You know, toys. And did I ever make it big?
0: Okay. And Jenny went off to California because being the better-looking sister, she... Excuse me. Yeah? But we're
1: twins. We have the same looks. Look, look. The script says right here, T-W-I-N.
0: Twin. Okay, then. Well, one of the sisters made it big in Hollywood, making many, That's, many movies.
1: It's Virginia, not Jenny, darling. Oh,
0: hey. You see, uh, because
1: I'm a big movie star now.
0: And before long, she had five Oscars sitting up on the fireplace mantle. But then a new girl came to town in Hollywood, Shirley. The little sunshine girl with curls. And before very long, Virginia toppled down to nothing, having to sell not only the five Oscars, but the brooch as well. She sold the brooch? I can't believe it. All she had left was enough money for a one-way ticket back to her sister in Cincinnati. Virginia, now the poverty-stricken Jenny arrived at her sister's door but when she arrived
1: i think a nice long vacation in fargo north dakota sounds really really good right now
0: she did not find her at all before we close our story though i am the narrator i must ask you margaret What moved you in your cold calculating heart to go up to the cold country of North Dakota and not face your sister?
1: It's simple. I wanted her to experience what I went through. Now she's lost everything.
0: Seems to me as if you're full of schadenfreude.
1: Well, I have no idea what that means, but... I just wanted her to get what was coming to her. I didn't do anything mother didn't say to do. I I didn't take revenge. I just let her take what came to her.
0: And again, I close with you are full of Schadenfreude and that is the story out east. Um.
1: Obadiah, verses 8 through 14. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, men of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, O Teman, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down to the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof, while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You should not look down on your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor look down on them in their calamity in the day of their disaster." Nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble.
2: Here the writer again is giving us such a picture, and it's a, it's a subtle thing for us to hear sometimes, too. That, but the picture he drew, oh my mm. goodness. Yeah. What was it verse 11 was mm-hmm. uh, one of the part of the picture? On the day
1: you stood aloof... While strangers carried off his wealth.
2: Yeah, that's one of the pictures. Stood aloof, and while people were, you know, plundering and taking and taking and taking, Edom just stood there. These people, these these people of
1: Edom, stood there like watching it, like it was some kind of sports show or something.
2: Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Interesting. It wasn't embarrassment or shame or fear. I think you're right. Kind of like a sports show. Whoo-hoo! But then there's another picture too, just a little bit further, with some you real not heavy look, words. Go ahead.
1: You should not look down on your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction.
2: Yeah. This is giving us the picture of what Obadiah is really getting to. It is not that Edom took revenge or took active... Uh, vengeance against them but instead it was more of a passive let it happen and we're happy about it schadenfreude
1: i was gonna ask where did you get that
2: word and what is that word anyway (laughs) it means damaged joy um Schadenfreude, it's a, it's a German word, and the Germans really did deal with this a lot, I believe. And it's something we've lost, actually. I, I went looking for one English word for this. I could not find one. It's, it's actually two words. And the first word would be more like a sinister, malicious, or mean-spirited, or vengeful. And then the second word, smug satisfaction. So, sinister, smug satisfaction, or, or uh, malicious... Something vindictive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Watching somebody suffer and getting great joy out of it. This is what Edom's sin was. It's something we don't talk a lot about, but yet we can, in our lives, certainly experience it. Schadenfreude,
1: Schadenfreude. Oh, yeah, I remember a time or two when. Uh, have a friend who always seemed to get what he wanted. Always. And it made me furious. Partly, I think, because I couldn't get some of the things I wanted. And I remember a time when he was told, no, you can't get this. You can't get this off eBay or you can't get this off Amazon. And I just sat back and I quietly smiled and I thought, it's about Time. He's unhappy, and now I'm happy. Hmm. The roles are reversed.
2: Yeah, the the roles are reversed. That that kind of fits it. That joy and seeing that someone else's struggles. Right. And you, tell me about a time when you felt Schadenfreude. Well, I, I've been thinking about this, and I, and I, I not that I'm a perfect person or anything, I, but I I don't think that it pertains to me what oh come on you can't be serious well there were some times when i was a kid kid bully i had a bully and he'd pick on me and I, i wouldn't be satisfied if someone else beat him up i wanted to beat him up for me i really want to take the revenge i want to be the active one to do it I didn't find satisfaction in someone else doing it. Wait a minute. I seem to remember a time a few years ago
1: when you were, uh, well, er, had to step away, were compelled to uh, leave the job that you loved.
2: Uh And if they would close up to now, it would make me sad. You wouldn't be happy at all? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I really wouldn't. Nope. Nope. Because I know it's doing a lot of good. It's just, I felt wronged. I want that righted. Maybe uh, an apology or something like that at the time. I'm long past that even now. But uh, even back then, no, no. There was no schadenfreude. Revenge, maybe. But not schadenfreude. I don't
1: know that I see much of a difference between the two.
2: Oh, there is. Schadenfreude is is um, kind of an, a passive... Uh, Seeing somebody take advantage of or or somebody hurting somebody, uh, and you're not in control, you're not doing it. Revenge is when you yourself are the active one in control. And so I, I want to be in control. I want to be the one beating up the bully. I don't want someone else to do it for me.
1: Now, wait a minute, though. Beating up the bully isn't necessarily any better than having someone else beat them up.
2: Right. You are absolutely 100% right, and thank you. And that's how God sees it. That's how God sees it. And so the Edomites thought they were okay. They, they didn't join in Babylon's uh, destruction of, of Judah. They were just up there in the rocks, gloating that he's getting his is uh, what's it coming up and comings, up ands That's it. Yeah.
1: Although apparently some of them did come down
2: and well, and, they and, just and, helped themselves. I mean, uh, the the damage had been done, so you know, why not just scoop up a little bit and they could maybe even justify. Oh, I'm doing, taking my brother's stuff, and but again, it, it's and that's the point that God is trying to say with the book of. Obadiah is that whether it be active or passive, he sees them both as the same and they're both wrong because they're both hurting somebody else. Besides all of that, do you really feel better after that person's been pummeled or hurt or that person's been destroyed? I don't. Well,
1: for a little bit I do, but then I start mm-hmm. realizing that what I'm feeling is a is a sin
2: and I don't like myself very much. Which kind of reflects the fact that, yeah, it's a sin. <laughs> and, and that's why God says, hey, you leave it up to me. If they need uh, revenge taken, I'll take it. If they don't, they don't. Because, after all, we all deserve misery and suffering because of our sin. Not only our our own sinful schadenfreude, but our vengeance or our anger or our thoughts or our words or our deeds. And Jesus willingly, sadly suffered for you and me so that we wouldn't have to have God's anger and wrath. We're going to come up in uh, the next episode of a beautiful picture of how God... Uh, took the wrath that Obadiah is speaking of in Jesus. And instead of that, he gives us something wonderful instead. And
1: you're sure you've never felt this schadenfreude?
2: Hmm. Oh? You know, I'm a sports fan. Yes? And... uh, I remember a couple times when a home run slugger was found with uh, steroids and uh, kind of smashed for it. I kind of <laughs> good.
1: Well, and what about the time a certain football team.
2: Yeah, got okay, too? okay, okay. Which just kind of points it out. Really kind of a tricky little thing, ain't it?
1: welcome your feedback and comments please write to us at info info at not dash alone n-o-t dash a-l-o-n-e dot net and as god constantly reminds us
2: we are not alone
1: Credits. Our sincere thanks go to Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn for their interlude music.